T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'm back, baby. baby. Back now to more of the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck always gets first request. A little smiling faces sometimes. Ain't no smiles around here. We're not smiling. 404-741-0929. Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines in the next segment. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to get in earlier on our conversation about the uh, Hawks and realistic expectations about uh, where they are or where they're going to be after 20, these last 23 games. We'll get into that at the 1020. Odyssey app, so you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. It is at JMCH316. Let's, uh, let's get to a college football roundup. It's time for the College Football Roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. So Willie Taggart is going to go to the NFL. He's expected to be hired as the um, running, running, running backs coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, he was fired in November after three seasons at Florida Atlantic. And it was expected that he would join Deion Sanders on his staff, but he's opted to go to the NFL for the first time in his career, and he's going to be the running backs coach for uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, So, interesting. I mean, Taggart, Florida State, Oregon, Western Kentucky, South Florida, Florida Atlantic. He's bounced around a good bit uh, in the world of uh, college uh, football, but – a little bit surprising. He was supposed to go, like I said, to to the uh, Deion Sanders staff when all was said and done, but decided to uh, to go to the NFL. And look, man, the lure of the NFL gets a lot of these guys at the end of the day, no matter what. So, um, LSU's leading wide receiver from last year, Malik Neighbors, was arrested on Monday on Bourbon Street on a misdemeanor charge of illegally carrying a weapon. Uh, Neighbors was released and not required to post bail. An LSU spokesman told ESPN that Coach Brian Kelly is aware of the incident and the school is still gathering information. 
So neighbor, Neighbors uh, was scheduled to appear in magistrate court at 3 p.m. on Tuesday. That is today, or sorry, yesterday, um, according to the document uh, of Orleans Parish uh, Sheriff's uh, official office, sorry, office website. You, you know that uh, Louisiana doesn't have, it's the only state in America that doesn't have counties. Really? I didn't yes, know that. it's parishes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. They do do that weird yes. thing. They do okay. They do that thing. Yeah, the swampers. Yeah, they're French. And yeah. The uh, uh, swampers. So, Neighbors was arrested in the French Quarter at the intersection of Bourbon Street and Conti. Mike, uh, Mike Connie, Connie Street, um, according to reports, and was arrested around 7.30 p.m. on Monday when police spotted an L-shaped object on neighbors who uh, said he did not have a permit when he was asked by police. Now, in a strange twist on this story, uh, there is, uh, he could get out of any legal action if he decides to meet one condition. For Michael Cobble, Cobble, I don't know, C-A-U-B-L-E, of W-B-R-Z, the state will refuse charges on the condition that neighbors doesn't get his gun returned to him. So if he keep if he gives the gun to the police and he doesn't ask for it back, they'll drop the charges against him. So that's a pretty good deal. 72 catches for 1,017 yards last year and three touchdowns for him. Like I said, he was LSU's leading wide receiver. Florida has hired Alabama's Austin Armstrong to be their defensive coordinator. So Patrick Tony left to go to the NFL. So he is headed to um, be the D.C. for the Arizona Cardinals. And Billy Napier decided that he would go get somebody from Alabama. Uh, Armstrong joined Alabama's staff in January of 2023 after two years as defense coordinator at Southern Miss under Will Hall. Um, Armstrong first worked with Napier as a graduate assistant for uh, Louisiana in 2018 and then returned to the program as an inside linebackers coach from 20, uh, or sorry, for one year under Tony. So, uh, look, uh, this is what happens when you're the top tier, right? When you're the top of the mountain types of programs, schools are going to come calling for you. You know, we're seeing it with Georgia, right? Munkin going to the NFL. Dan Lanning going to Oregon, right? There's now rumors that Glenn Schumann uh, is potentially being looked at for uh, a job, which, honestly, if he leaves, they'll make Muschamp the defensive coordinator. He'll be the outright D.C. And and I do think that I, I know it's not been said this way, but rather than getting all of your coaches on a year-to-year basis poached, when you're Georgia, have your friends stay by you. Have Will Muschamp, have Mike Bobo, teammates and friends, right? They're less likely to leave, you know, unless they get a, uh, unless Will Muschamp gets, you know, a power five job or something like that. But by and large, as long as those guys can get paid a good amount of money, and look, Todd Munkin was the highest paid coordinator in college football. If they can get paid a good bit of money and you're at a winning program and they're sort of at that stage of their career where, okay, they've done the head coaching stuff and things like that, right? 
You know, Mike Bobo was at Colorado State, and, you know, he's he's been places. Well, Muschamp, obviously, Florida, South Carolina. Most likely those guys are not in the mix for top-tier Power 5 kinds of jobs unless they do a miraculous job. But, again, when you look at being the D.C. for the Georgia Bulldogs, as long as Kirby Smart is there, his thumbprint is going to be all over that. So you figure you're not going to, you know, that that's the whole that's the whole Gus Bradley, Dan Quinn thing. As long as Pete Carroll was the coach for the Seattle Seahawks, his thumbprint would be what is on that defense. Yeah, guys are coordinators and all that kind of stuff, and they come in and they coach the defense and all that, and they call the plays and stuff like that. But it's always the thumbprint of what Pete Carroll wanted to do. That's the same with Georgia. But, you know, keep your friends close to you, right? Keep Mike Bobo, keep Will Muschamp around. And then you may not be looking for, you know, if when coaches come and leave and stuff like that, you know, Dan Lanning leaves and, okay, bring Muschamp in. Todd Munkin leaves, okay, we got Mike Bobo in the, in the stead. So you keep those guys around. And, look, it may not be the, the proper way to say it or whatever like that, but that's why you keep your friends around in this business, right? And especially guys that are – you know, SEC guys. Like, the, I've always said, the SEC is the most incestuous um, conference in America. They love their own, right? Like, once you're at an SEC school, like, how many different SEC schools has Will Muschamp been a part of, right? He's been a part of, I think, Alabama, obviously Florida, South Carolina, now Georgia, right? When those guys get into the conference, they always look to hire their own. You know, even when they bring in an outsider and, and pull them back in, right, like a Derek Mason. Well, Derek Mason was the Vanderbilt coach. Well, then he was the Auburn defensive coordinator, right? You, you get multiple positions, even if you failed at other places and things like that, in the SEC. So they love their own guys. They, they love to have those guys that rotate within the, yeah, the conference, and, and they love to have their own people that are within that group. So the uh, AAC has released its uh, 23 football schedule with the six new schools that they're uh, picking up. So it says that each of the 14 AAC teams will play eight conference games in a single division format. The top two teams in the standings will play in the conference championship on December 2nd. So now you add Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice. We'll talk about them in just a second. UAB and UTSA. They will all join the AAC officially on July 1st as Cincinnati, Houston, UFC depart for the Big 12. So obviously they're not getting, you know, fair market value trade, uh, you know, program for program and things like that. Here's the thing I love about Rice. And I've said this before. My favorite conference of all time is the Old Southwest Conference, which was every college in Texas or university in in Texas, in the state of Texas, and Arkansas. So it was Arkansas, and it was Houston, Rice, TCU, Texas Tech, Texas, right, SMU, all those schools. At one time in the early 80s, every single program in the Southwest Conference was on NCAA sanctions except Rice. 
They were the only school in that conference not under NCAA sanctions. Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU, every school in that conference was in trouble with the NCAA except Rice because they're the smart kids school and everything like that. So anyway, all right, when we come back, what is a realistic expectations for the Hawks in this last 23 games? Whether how they play, a record, what is it? 404-741-0929. We'll open up the phone lines. Dom's back there. Answer the phone. So call in. Give us your thoughts. I'll talk about my thoughts here in the uh, next few minutes. Chuck Green, Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Something, something about to look good. Ah, baby. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Are you ready? Back with more John. It's the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Key Studio. 404-741-0929. That's both our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line and the phone line. We're opening up the phone lines to you in this segment. If you didn't get in earlier, you can get in here right now. Looking at, you know, talking about the Atlanta Hawks and what is realistic over this 23-game stretch that they have left for this season. So, asking you what your thoughts are. So, look, this is what I believe. And I believe that the Hawks will come out and play pretty well initially, right? Like, we always see this when there's a change in coaches, and a lot of times you just get that bump, right? You get that instant boost and that instant instant bump from guys. Then as it kind of, like, settles in, then it's like, okay. And and for the Hawks, the reality is the schedule, you know, it's the third toughest of NBA teams with, you know, 22, 23 games left, whatever, you know, everybody has. But it's considered the third toughest schedule remaining for NBA teams. So it's not easy. 
Cavaliers on Friday. Yeah, they're not a good road team, but they're still one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. You know, Brooklyn, Washington, Miami on the road. You got Boston for a home-and-home. You know, you got Golden State coming in here. You go to San Antonio. You go to Minnesota. You got Memphis coming in here. So you have some really good teams that are coming in here. And then, you know, the road schedule's not the toughest, but, you know, it's still Washington, and those teams are nipping on your heels. Miami, they're ahead of you. So it's not going to be easy. I think if the Hawks can go 13-10, and 10, and I don't know, maybe they're a game better than that, maybe two games. I mean, maybe they're 14-9. and nine. I don't know if they're 15-8. and eight. That seems like that. I mean, the Hawks haven't played that kind of basketball all year, right? They had that one five-game winning streak, and other than that, they've done bupkis. They haven't taken advantage of one single opportunity on their schedule. So why would I believe that when their schedule gets harder that they would find a way to ramp it up and all of a sudden rattle off a whole bunch of wins? I I just – I don't believe that. But – I think because of how many home games that they have, and I think it's I think it's 14 games at home the rest of the way, 14 of the 23 at home, yeah, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they're a little bit better at home. They haven't been outstanding. They were better last year, and they've, I think they had the fourth most wins in the Eastern Conference at home last year, 15 and 12 this year. So hopefully if this team can figure out how to be better at home, take care of home court advantage, and the fact that, you know, you have Cleveland, like, like, for instance, you have a team like Cleveland coming in, and as good as their record is, they're below 500 on the road. They're a few games under 500 when they play on the road. So you take advantage of that. Yet you have to protect your home court advantage. And if they can be at least 13-10 and 10 in this last 23-game stretch, then I think that they will be somewhere seven, eight, nine, and I don't know if they can. You know, look, a a, a three game separation between them and uh, Miami right now. You know, it's three games for Miami, or three games separates Miami and Atlanta to get to the seven seed. It's three and a half that separates the Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. For the six seed. Now the the Knicks and Hawks don't play anymore at this point of the year. And we don't have to worry about Charlotte. And you got a couple games mixed in there. Detroit, Chicago, Indiana, right? Those are all bottom tier teams. Detroit's arguably the worst team in the entire Eastern Conference. You play Portland. They're out of the playoff mix for right now. You got to go to Utah, which is probably never easy, but you count on the fact of, okay, they're a dreadful team. Maybe the next worst team in the entire NBA, 14 and 45. They're 9 and 21 at home. But how do you say that you trust this organization to be able to pick off teams like that when you hadn't been able to pick off a Charlotte when, when you finished 1 and 3 against the Hornets? And then you mix in Brooklyn, you know, and some teams like that. One game against Philadelphia, you know, four games against Washington. So it's not going to be easy the rest of the way. But I think if they can go 13 and 10 
over this last 23-game stretch, then they can find a way to stay in that 7-8-9 kind of area. Not ideal, but it is what it is at this point. And look, they may come out like a house of fire. They may decide that they're going to the banana boat. Now, this thing could go a lot of different directions because as at this point, we haven't seen this team been able to turn it on and, and take advantage of the schedule or take advantage of anything at this point. 29 and 30, about 70% of the way through the season with like 30% left in the 29 or 23 games that you have. I, I just don't know how much of a push and how much of a boost that they can get in that short amount of time. That's why I still think it was strange to have changed coaches at this point, but I guess you got to do what you got to do. So 404-741-0929 is our phone line. Let's grab Ice out in Atlanta. What's going on, Ice? Hey, guy. How are you? Hey, man. How's it going, bud? Doing pretty good, brother. Um, so, look, I'm pretty much in, in concert with you. I feel like we're pigeonholed in where we stand. You know, aside from the schedule remaining, I don't disagree with you on the strength of schedule. But the thing that I basically say about this team as it's currently constructed, our physical stature is a problem. You know, we can't beat teams like Charlotte who are physically more powerful than us and the Knicks, as an example, because our players and stuff are undersized. So I feel like, the, you know, our organization didn't really factor in how we could potentially compete, you know, with teams that are physical. And that's been a failure in my mind throughout the season. And I'll give you an example of stuff of what I mean. If you look at, like, the Memphis Grizzlies as an example, John Morant is kind of one of those lighter players and stuff. But look who they surround him with. They got Brooks and Carter and Steven Adams, and they're thugs. And what they do is they beat you up and allow him to basically play. So until we recognize the failure of our physical stature in this organization, you know, we're, we're, we got problems. But I will say – that I do like the trade for Sadiq Bay. I do think that they're potentially starting to recognize that with Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando. But that's where my head is out. But I don't see us getting, you know, above seven. I, I say I say we're going to stay at eight because what's beneath us is also tragically, you know, poor in their franchise too. Yeah, they're, your thoughts? yeah, and appreciate. Look, and when you talk about Washington is a half game behind us. And the Raptors, who we don't play, they're a game behind us. So you got two teams nipping right on your heels. That and you've got four games against Washington in the final twenty-three. So that's gonna dictate a lot. You know, one way or the other, for the good or for the bad of everything, that's gonna definitely dictate a, a lot of things. And here's the other thing, too. You know, we're already hearing like John Collins in concussion protocol. Is he going to be healthy and available? Like, that's the other thing about this team is, you know, I got to read the injury report every week. I got to read the uh, – I got I to gotta pull up the Atlanta Hawks on my Twitter page and say, okay, who's on the injury report tonight? Because it seems like it's everybody, right? I mean, I know it's not, but it, it, it seems like we don't have these real stretches of great health. Right, I, the Hawks have only played, I think, thirty games together. I think they're nineteen and 
19 and 11 in those 30 games that they've played. All five starters have played together. It's not a lot, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. So, to your point, there's also the beat-up factor of this team. And that's why I wonder how they're going to respond to a new coach, how they're going to – I mean, they all said all the same – or they, they said all good things. We got to have accountability, self-reflection, all this kind of stuff. Well, why didn't you do that for Nate? Like, why did it take till now to spew all that? But anyway, let's grab uh, Ron. What's going on, Ron? Hey, it's Ron from Buckhead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure, bud. Uh, I remember you and I had this conversation about two months ago. Uh, I was telling you that the roster was diluted, um, and you was like the Hawks. Uh, you, uh, defense efficiency on the Nate was great, but I was trying to sh- uh, show you where the roster was diluted. They didn't have the uh, players to match uh some of the teams in the Eastern Conference, Tennessee, now they've gotten rid of Nate, and I think it's going to be a failed plan again. I don't think the Hawks is going to make it to the playoffs, and they did right by uh, getting rid of Nate and changing this roster for next year. Thank you. Well, I, listen, again, it it's entirely possible that this thing could go – in directions that we don't expect, both for the good and for the bad. And somebody on the text line um, uh, texted me that would nine wins and 14 losses keep them in the playoffs? I think if they finish nine and 14, I don't think they're in because you're going to have games, again, against Miami. You're going to have games against teams that are directly affecting where, where your standing is right now. So that's Washington, Miami, Brooklyn. You have teams that are right there around your area, and you've got four with Washington, two on the road with Miami, you know, and then you got to play, you know, home and home with Boston. You got to play Philadelphia. So you got to play some of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. I don't think if you're nine and 14, I realistically don't think that they are in the playoffs at that point. I mean, let me put it this way. They are – well, let me let me say this. They are three games from being out of the playoffs. So the Bulls are three games back of the, of the Atlanta Hawks. And by the way, they play the Bulls one time. They do play Indiana, Chicago, and Detroit. So they, they got a couple of bottom feeders in there. But the problem becomes – when you play some of those teams directly around you, you know, depending on what happens with some of those teams, it could certainly, it, it could drive what this team is. You, you play Miami, you play Washington four times, you play Chicago once, you play Indiana. You start losing to those teams, you can drop three games back pretty quickly. And that would keep you out of the playoffs. Now, I, I, I still think that, even at 9 and 14, they may get their way into, like, the 10 seed. But is that really is that really exciting? I mean, what happens if this, if this team is the 10 seed? And, and let's say, let's just make up something, okay? Let's say you, you're the 10 seed and you got to play in Chicago. Think that's going to win? You, th- you think that's that's a, a winning formula? 
And then you play, and I'm just making up teams here, okay? You play Washington. You play the, the loser of Washington and Miami. So let's say you play the Wizards. So you could potentially be in Chicago and in Washington. Do we get through those two games? I mean, could you? Yes. Do you is another thing. I think at that point, if you're looking at like a 10 seed, I think you're looking for the banana boat. I, I, I think this team will put, I think this team will end up catching some rays and being on the banana boat when all is said and done. All right, one more segment to go. Headed toward the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief coming up after us. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make some Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. Brown, the music guy, rolling right along. We head to the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief coming up after us. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media at 9 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm at JMCH316. So it looks like that Javon Hargrave, or sorry, no, I take that back. It looks like Deron Payne is going to get the franchise tag from Washington. Okay? Now, a lot of us have had Deron Payne. Oh, we're we're going to get him. And all. Okay. Well, they're, they're going to franchise him, and he's not going to be available, okay? So where do the Falcons go? I know Javon Hargrave is a free agent, okay? But here's a couple of things working against him. Number one, he if he doesn't get the franchise tag, why would he, why would he leave Philadelphia unless they just don't want him? What, what game did Philadelphia just play in recently? What, what was that game? I believe they call that the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. So it wasn't wasn't like a soup bowl. No, or okay. as some people like to call it, the superb owl. Okay, all right. Yeah. So wasn't a soup bowl, wasn't a superb owl. They 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 played in the Super Bowl, okay? So I don't know why he'd leave Philadelphia. And let me be honest with you. Why would he leave Philadelphia to go to a non-playoff team? And, well, the, the Falcons can pay him a lot of money. Trust me. When you've got guys like Javon Hargrave, everybody finds money. Okay, you all remember when the Saints didn't have any money for years and then all of a sudden they signed Jarvis Landry and Honey Badger and they signed all those guys right as the season was getting ready to start, right? Okay, everybody can find money. You can always find money. May kick the can down the road, but if it means that Javon Hargrave is, so the Falcons free agent money, with all due respect, doesn't mean bupkis. Everybody can find money when it comes to a Javon Hargrave. And he's going to cost you a fortune, by the way, too. But still, um, he's an outstanding player. So if it isn't Javon Hargrave and it isn't Deron Payne, where are we going? Jesse Bates, the safety? Cool. So I get a $13 million safety, huh? 
Cool. That's that's great. Oh, and by the way, um, you know, he's looking for an upgrade. He signed for one year at $13 million. He wants more money. So how many sacks is Jesse Bates going to give me? None? Okay. I would say three on a good season. Uh, uh, really? <laughs> okay. And then you start getting let, – let, let's, let's just go through, like, the top 50 free agents available, right? All right. Okay. Um, Levante David, good player, but he's an inside player. Yeah. Then you go to Dal, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. So the Vikings voided the contract with both Tom Tomlinson and Patrick Peterson. Okay. Ask me how many sacks Dalvin Tomlinson had last year for the Minnesota Vikings. How many sacks did Dalvin Tomlinson have? Hunter had ten. Smith had ten. Dalvin Tomlinson had two and a half. Oh. And then you go into um Draymond Jones. Then you go into Marcus Davenport. Ask me how many sacks Marcus Davenport had last year. And let me just make sure I get this number right because I know what it is, but I just want to be sure that I've got it right. So how many sacks did Marcus Davenport have last year? How many sacks did Marcus Davenport have last year? Marcus Davenport had a half a sack more than me. So I only fell half a sack short of Marcus Davenport. I mean, why don't we just bring back Stephen Means at this point? <laughs> why don't we just bring him back? He got to, none. He played a whole season and got no sacks. We can try bringing Dwight Freeney out of retirement again. Yeah. I mean, and Ngakwe, okay? Has he been the same player? You know, I mean, he had nine and a half sacks. Last. And listen, you guys joke with me about this, but I have said I'll take Justin Houston on a one- or two-year deal. He had nine-and-a-half sacks last year. Yep. I'll take him before I take Marcus Davenport and some of these other guys. At least bring him back home, bring him home, and come play for us and put him in the rotation. Again, Abacady on one side, the number eight draft pick on the other, and I mix in Justin Houston. And I'll take even Lorenzo Carter if he'll play for a one-year, $3.5 million deal. If he played on a $3.5 million deal this year, if he'll take the same money, I'll sign him, and I'll have Eva Katie, the number eight pick, Justin Houston, Lorenzo Carter, and I'll run those guys all around. And then I'll have to draft somebody to go along with Grady, but Taquan Graham coming back, okay. And maybe we can do something. Is it ideal? No. But the idea that we're going to have this guy and that guy and Deron Payne and all this kind of cool, that all sounds good. Guess what teams don't do? Teams aren't going to just let you take all their best players. That's why they have franchise tags and all that. that that's why Lamar, ja- Lamar Jackson's not playing for anybody besides Baltimore. He's not going to play for somebody besides Baltimore because they're going to f- exclusive tag him. Mm-hmm. And they're going to pay him the money, and they're not going to have a choice. That's how it works in the NFL. You don't let guys in their prime just walk away from your franchise. So now what do we do? We got all this money, and now I'm hearing about $13 million safeties. 
And I'm like, my head's going to explode. We just, if we sign Jesse Bates, and he's a good player, two of the last three drafts, two of the last three drafts, we've drafted safety, and those guys are our starters. Yeah, but Bates is a bigger player. Not for $13 million. When that money has to go to somebody who can sack the quarterback. I'll take Grant and Hawkins on their rookie deal before. And by the way, the guy that we just made our, you know, whatever, co-defense coordinator, uh, Gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know who he coached in 2010 as rookies? You know where he was in 2010? Where? Seattle. When they had Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor as rookies. They turned out pretty good. Yeah. So (laughs) let me get Jerry Gray in here to work with my two safeties because those guys turned out well. And and by the way, Cam Chancellor was the number one pick in the draft, right? Oh, no, he wasn't? Oh, he was a fifth rounder? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, then, geez. And it it boggles my mind that we have so many people that just can't build an NFL roster, and we wonder why, well, I can't understand why it's five years of losing. It's five years of losing. Why are we not getting anywhere? Why are we not making strides? I don't know, because the same thing for the last five years has been problematic. The only thing that you've fixed is the offensive line, and I don't know that you've completely fixed it yet. Your scheme really helped out a lot of that. I know Lindstrom is all-world, and Jake can hold up, but your left guard is, I don't know, your center position is mediocre at best, and your right tackle, as long as we run all the time, can play. But if you got to start pass protecting, I don't know how well he's going to fare. And your defensive line, good Lord. Whew. So, I'm hoping that the Falcons get creative with some of these guys. You know, even Ngakwe had a pretty decent year for the Colts, right? I think, what did he end up with? I think it was nine. I think the, I think he had nine sacks for the Indianapolis Colts. Hold, please. Um Let's see here what Ngakwe had. Nine and a half sacks. Okay, so he had nine and a half sacks. In 15 games. Okay. So Ngakwe won't break the bet. And are those guys sexy names? You know, Justin Houston, probably toward the end of his career. Ngakwe's getting a little bit older. He's going to be 28 years old. No. are Are they necessarily in their prime years? No. But if my options are Marcus Davenport or nobody, or I can get one of these guys in Gakwe, Justin Houston, I'll take those guys all day long. And maybe they can mentor some of the young guys, like Eba Cady, the number eight pick in the draft. Maybe they can mentor some of those guys. Hell, it wouldn't be any worse than what we do right now. Honestly, if I had in Gakwe or Justin Houston, and I had the number eight pick to be on the outside, and I start Ebicady all season long, and I sign a Lorenzo Carter, I'm no worse than I was. I'm probably better. Am I 40 sacks better? You know, no, I'm probably not a 40-sack team. But, hell, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and you got to start somewhere. 
But if all these guys are not available, and most of the time they're not, you, you got to work with what it is. Justin Houston may not be sexy, but he's productive. He's productive in the league. And he's talking about going back to the Ravens, right? Well, if they pay Lamar a quarter billion dollars, how much money are they going to have in Houston, or, uh, in Baltimore? So, anyway, um, you know, a guy that we really wanted to see maybe be in the mix here doesn't look like he will be in the mix here. All right, going to wrap things up with a love TKO up next. Chuck Ray Nakia Studio, Sports Radio, 97 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Like a Georgia peach tree, picking sweet tweet behind the seas, running down your knees. What a bloody me. Now, more of the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Sports Radio 929 The Game, wrapping things up on the John Chuckery Show, like we always do with that love TKO. Back with you for a full show tomorrow, and then we're after Hawks on Friday. Before we get out of here, though, let me let you listen to what is the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. Looking back all my years, I guess I shed some tears. You know, uh, one thing, too, is we also got, because tomorrow's Thursday, right? So I think Josh Hartnett is on after us. On Thursday, so he's like doing an hour. So, um, I'm I'm I've heard a rumor and innuendo that the guy who is was promoted to be the full time producer of this show. Oh gosh, what's his name? Oh man. Um. Oh. Um. Uh, it starts with a D. Davis. It's not. It, I, well, my name starts with a D too. But right, it's not right. Me. You're Dom DeLuise. Yeah. We got Max von Sydow back yeah, there. Yeah, he's behind me. Um. Gosh, what's that kid's oh, name? Oh gosh, I, I, and I can't. Was it Jarvis? No, no, it wasn't Jarvis. <laughs> it was. Um, uh, oh, uh, Dylon. So Dylon. Yeah. There so we go. There's rumor and innuendo that Dylon will be with us tomorrow. Now. Don't get your hopes up on doing consecutive shows in the row yeah, with the guy who was promoted to be my producer to produce the John Chuckery show. Okay. So don't expect two nights in a row. Yeah. That's okay. too much. That's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we cycle back through. So we every, every night we're going to spin the wheel of roulette producer. You know, and I, I think I agree with you. We'll have to have a contest about who's producing the show. I think tonight. it's a great idea. I think yeah. have, having the Be, fans because call in listen, and we can we got plenty of time because for the next few weeks there isn't back to back producers on the show. I, I've got everybody. Hell, I, at this point, I might go down to Peachtree and just wear a sandwich board and just see if anybody wants to produce two nights in a row. <laughs> hey. Can you be here Tuesday and Wednesday of next week? From cool. You got 11. the gig. <laughs> You're hired. Okay? Anyway. All right. We got to get out of here. JR Sports Brief coming up next. For Dom, it's Chuck Reed. We'll see you. AMF. Cause you to lose all thoughts, sense of time. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.